Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me, it's like we can get that emotional background music. We're running together in slow motion. <laughs> Maybe even we're going to you know, embrace at a certain point. It's David Gasper and it's what just kind of, us. It's just what, us today. What kind of fantasies are you running over there, man? Is, is this like the end of... Uh... The end of Shawshank Redemption, where we just kind of meet up on a beach in Mexico. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Are you okay with that? As long as I break out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to break out first, right? Yeah. Um, David, welcome back. Uh, we've uh, we've had a you. busy six episodes, if you count uh, the the last uh, six episodes that we've done with all of our guests on. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. busy. We've had uh, as many as five people on talking at once. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I think it was a lot of interesting information. We're getting some opinions from some other people besides you and me, which is always a good thing, for, I guess. Um, but we're back to sort of uh, business as usual, which is nice. And how have you been? How's everything going over there in Milwaukee? I, I've been good. I'm actually, I mean, I, I've told you I'm in, over in Madison now, but it's been good. It's been busy. I don't know. The well, Madison's like an hour, uh, hour west. Same thing. The, the, the capital of, of the state of Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it, it's been good. Been busy, um, you know, just kind of going to work and get my stuff done, getting ready for hopefully a, a baseball season coming up here. It may be delayed a little bit. Who knows? Because Rob Manfred is still in charge. But um, according to him, there's no change to the status of spring training. So. All appears to be good on that front, right? Um, yeah, when you're getting tweets uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the week that says Manfred's going to come out and say that spring training is going to be delayed. and It was from Bob Nightingale. We should have known. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to think. Is it even worth like following all of it, or you just close your eyes, watch the Super Bowl, and then hope that when you open them, baseball's ready? I mean, that may be what we have to do. I mean, they're, they're going to meet for a bargaining session on Saturday here the, this weekend. And, you know, apparently the MLB's made some big concessions. And, you know, they're ready to really kind of start pushing forward because now we're in crunch time. And now if they delay any further, you're going to be losing spring training games. And spring training games are a way for owners to make money. So now that they might be starting to lose out on money, now we're seeing some movement. So it's getting down to crunch time. This is always going to be when we're going to see the most movement. It's the same thing with the July trade deadline. Once you get down to that final day or two, that's when things ramp up. Always is. I mean, that's how, that's my college life in a nutshell was the <laughs> day before. Um, yeah. I just have a theory that I just thought of right now. Like, literally, I have I just thought about this. Ooh, on-the-spot theory. Let's, yes. let's hear it. So... The minor league players that are not on 40 mans are showing up and are, or some have yes. already have been here for weeks, right? So uh, let's say that something happens with this CBA and then prospects are not held back. You know, uh, lo and behold, we figure out that, hey, we want the best talent to be with our product in the Major League Baseball. So let's say that happens. These guys, I'm going to just take Bobby Witt Jr. here, okay? Okay. These guys are weeks and weeks ahead of the normal MLB guys. So what if they come up and they're just like mid-season form where everybody else is in April form. And now you have like these rookie breakouts from some of these uh, Rutschmans and of the world and whatnot. And on uh, redrafts, I'm, I guess this is more redraft than anything, but like you pick your, your Bobby Witt in the fourth round and then you just win your league. What do you think? I mean, I think that'd be nice. I don't know if they're going to be that far ahead of the of the major league guys. Because I mean, even what they're doing now, I mean, the major league guys are doing stuff. I mean, they're doing the same thing: cage work, some you know, some BP, uh, whatever else, like getting ready for the season. Um, you know, the 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 weeks early is really just kind of for the 
pitchers being ramped up and, and stuff like that and, you know, j- just kind of facing them. So I don't know exactly how much more of an advantage they're going to have over those guys. But if in the new CBA, you know, they do something with the, the service time manipulation and, and do something about that, and those guys make opening day rosters like Bobby Witt or Adley Rutschman, then, you know, I mean, they could really be, you know, good players to have in, in your redraft leagues to draft super early. It was a theory. Was, like I said, it was just on the it, spot. It was an on-the-spot theory. No, I, I like your it. logic makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get... I'm bringing balance to the force here. I'm just trying to get Bobby Witt on my redraft team. Aren't we all... <laughs> Even though I don't really redraft anymore, it's it's I'm almost yeah. all dynasty now at this point. But still, um, it'd be it would be nice to see some of these uh, these ball players come up instead of you know Johan Camargo or something <laughs> like that playing on your team. Um, anyway, a uh, couple minutes into our intro here, we got on a. I mean, we have to talk about that. I mean, it definitely is something that's going to change the landscape of baseball, both major and minor league. So I think it's worth discussing right now. I know we're, we seem like we're sort of joking about it, but um, I do want to, you know, sort of spend some time talking about that as we get more information. But this episode for this week is actually not about that. It is going to be something that we do every year and I think is pretty unique. I don't see this flying around too often. Um, I did see Keith Law have his list. He he did his uh, organizational prospect rankings. Um, I did not agree with that list too much. <laughs> Neither uh, did I. <laughs> um, but that's what we're doing. We are ranking all of the organizations in terms of their prospects and prospects only. We're not worried about guys like, you know, Dylan Carlson or Gavin Lux, guys that are young and maybe you know, can still still think of somewhat as prospects. You know, they haven't reached their potential, but we're not considering that. Only not, uh, rookie eligible players and below are um, considered when we go into this and there's some, we had a lot of people do their rankings this year. So when you look at it, we do it the aggregate style, just like we did our top 200 plus prospects where, you know, a, a, the best ranking gets the, the most amount of points and the least ranking gets the least amount of points. So this is, you know, I don't know if you're going to see huge surprises when you look at the, the list on the website, which you can check out at prospects1500.com. But what you do find to be very surprising is when you see some of these outliers. And that's what I really want to dive into. I have a bunch of outliers. Um, You have a few, too. You have some interesting ones. Um, And we're going to discuss all of that and and give you the lowdown on what we think of these systems as a a unit. Because really, the last six episodes were about diving deep into people's areas of expertise. Like for the Padres, for the Brewers, right? We knew our stuff. We were telling you about those guys and now we're starting to compare what we do know with perhaps some other prospects on other teams that we don't know nearly as well and and show you kind of how we compare those together i think that's quite interesting so we will get into that that's the the majority of this episode and um yeah i i am i'm i'm excited to for me and you i mean i don't even have to like worry about other people's connections or being on time it just it's like the glory days here with us (laughs) You really missed me, haven't you? <laughs> no, I, I I didn't miss you that much. Oh, okay. I, I see how it is. I see how it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Can <laughs> um, we get started on this? Yeah. All right. Well, before we do, I, uh, I do want to take one moment, David, and uh, I want to talk to you about this because this is the first time um, I get to talk to you about this on air, and that's our new sponsor, Fantrax. Did you know we oh, have yeah. a new sponsor, David? I, I, I had heard about that, yeah. Yeah, pretty. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, with getting this type of sponsor because it's something that I use personally. I know you use personally. You're in our Dynasty League. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, our Dynasty League is having its first-year player draft right now. Um, how's that going for you over there on, on Fantrax? I feel it's going pretty good. I, I am liking the... The picks that I'm getting here, I'm the, the, I mean, I'm I'm feeling confident. Made you know the playoffs crazy? last year. I'm I'm strengthening my my farm system. You know what's crazy is I was looking at who to draft, and Fantrax has such a deep pool of players. I was like ready to draft Drew Jones. That's Andrew Jones's son, <laughs> right? And I was like, this guy is Wait already in this player pool, and 
you know, I, I there's no other platform that's going to have players like that ready to draft. If for some reason you wanted to draft high school players, you know, it's it's yeah. just awesome. I, I think the commissioner might get upset if we draft him now. Sure, right now. but the, the point is it's there, and it just goes to show you how great Fran, Fantrax is as a platform and Absolutely. why you need to sign up today. Um, in fact, we're having a very special giveaway that if you sign up through our promo code, which is fantrax.com slash prospects 1500, you are entered in automatically. You don't have to do anything to win a signed Wander Franco signed jersey. Ooh. Um, awesome. Right. I mean, yeah. to, to, and the amount of people that are going to be in this like giveaway is a, is a lot less than you'd imagine um, because it's only dynasty fantasy prospect sites and podcasts like us. So it's not like a whole world is eligible. I mean, you got to use this code and you get onto Fantrax and you're eligible for that. So And Alex and I apparently aren't. So that that's two more guys you don't have to compete with. I I'm I might just start making leagues up to get to that wonder. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to like that or not. But anyway, Fantrax, yeah, you got to come over whatever you're on. I, I don't want to mention the other, you know, names that you might be using, but you can transfer everything over. You can bring your settings, whatever wacky things you have. You can bring all of your rosters over. You can set up the drafts. They're trying all sorts of new things out beta wise and, and new draft boards and new draft uh, settings. It's just fantastic stuff. So again, sign up Fantrax today. That's Fantrax.com slash prospects, 1500, get entered to win and support the podcast while you're at it. Appreciate it. All right, David, let's talk about some of these rankings. Let's okay. do it. I, I, I just can't wait any longer. I've been waiting all day to discuss the brewers with you. I know this is like dreams come true, right? It's my favorite topic. Now, <laughs> if if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that David obviously is a Brewers fan and he, and he loves his Brewers prospects. And you're probably thinking, wow, David must have ranked the Brewers insanely high on his organizational rankings. And you would be correct. He did. Except he wasn't the highest on the Brewers system. Yours truly was the highest on the Milwaukee Brewers, okay? I had them up at number 11. And you had them up at 17th overall. 17th. Shocking. Yep. Shocking. So, this is where I think we need to, first of all, say, what the heck were you thinking? No. <laughs> we have to say... What was I thinking? Get, how, did you, how did you get to that ranking, okay? So, when you're looking at the Brewers system... Why did the 17th number make sense to you? I mean, it's a team that it's a system that's that's definitely improving. I like a lot of the talent in there. Um, and I was just kind of going through uh, the rankings and just kind of, you know, putting in the in the ones ahead of it, because, you know, obviously I'm, I'm starting from the top here and, and working my way down. Um, you know, as I was kind of going through and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, see where they, you know, would pop in and the guys that I like and you know, where they fit in with uh, some of the other teams around there. I mean, I felt it, it's kind of more of a, it's up to like a middle of the pack system uh, right now. And so I, I kind of put them there around, around the middle, you know, and they're, they're continuing to go upward. And, you know, a lot of those guys, like they have really high ceilings um, and, th and there's a lot of potential, a lot of really talented players but a lot of them are also fairly risky as well. I mean, it's not as much of, of super high floor kind of players. I mean, they have a couple like that, you know, like uh, Ethan Small. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are, are super talented, but a lot of risk. You know, you got your Garrett Mitchells. You got, you know, as much as I love Hedbert Perez, he's 18 years old in A-ball. There's risk there. You know, there, there's risk with... Uh, you know, Hendry Mendez and Hefferson Cuero and a lot of these other really talented, really good guys, but um, that there's big variances as to what they could end up being. So I have them kind of around middle of the pack right now, but I mean, they have plenty of talent. My next question for you is then, when you're looking at ranking these organizations, you have three options, I imagine. You can look at top-end talent, and that can really influence your ranking. You can look at organizational depth from, like, your 20s and 30s and, and say, oh, there's a lot of guys I like in that range and head towards that. Or 
you can kind of do a 50-50 split of both of those things. So of those three options, how are you valuing your guys? Are you top end? Are you in the middle? Or are you looking at depth as the, the driving force? Uh, I'm kind of more of a mix, I feel like. Um, you know, for, for some, you know, the top end talent is really going to stand out. And, um, you know, if you have like two or three really good top end prospects that's going to push you up pretty high but i mean for other ones you know if you have a lot of really good depth i mean that i could also push you up for for that so i mean it's really kind of a mix and and just kind of a a gut feel i guess i mean i didn't have any like super scientific system to no yeah uh, all this so um, it's just kind of you know going by eye test and and gut feel and and looking at the players within it so that, that was really kind of my strategy, I guess, if you can call it that. I think that the mix obviously has to, you have to consider both of those things. But I, I found myself not rewarding you if you had an elite, elite prospect by saying your system was simply amazing. I think the best example of that is the Detroit Tigers. Yes, they have two just uber elite prospects, but I'm not huge fans of much after that. And so I, I found myself punishing those teams a little bit heavier. And I think that the depth matters when you look at the ceiling of those players. So when you're looking at, you know, your 14th player and it's a guy that's going to be a utility guy in your big league club, that's great. But for us as dynasty analysts, if you will, I'm looking for upside. So I want a bunch of high upside guys that are crazy risk, crazy ceiling, all that good stuff at the bottom and at the middle of lists. So one, I just want to go through this with you here then with the Brewers because I I can't imagine taking the Minnesota Twins system over the Milwaukee Brewers okay you have the Brewers at 17 and you have the Minnesota Twins at 12 I had the Brewers at 11 and the Minnesota Twins at 25 so Mm -hmm. I just want to compare this so if we're going top end talent do you like the Brewers or the Twins better Let I mean, me remind you, let me remind you the top end talent for these teams. What do you think about that? Aaron Ashby, Hedbert Perez, Joey Weimer as the three elite prospects for the Brewers. First and Garrett team. Mitchell, but go on. Okay. You, oh, you want to include him? Fine. So well, I, I had Garrett Mitchell in tier one. So you have four top 100 prospects, right? Right there. Um, I think when we did our personal top 100s, I had more. Um, even more. Okay, well, you're proving my point. So at least oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I had a couple four, of bottom end ones to put in. I have four that I could get on my top 100 list without a problem. Ashby, Weimer, Hedbert, and Garrett. Mitchell, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Minnesota Twins. Royce Lewis, Austin Martin, Jose Miranda, and Joe Ryan as the top four. Okay. Who are you taking? <laughs> top four. I mean... It's that cool. Like asking me, like, like obviously I'm, I'm going to want to take my guys, you know, but it's, I mean, I, it's I not do even close for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to appear too biased, man. Come on. I, I that's uh, what I was going to probably head down that direction too, is that yeah. I kind of get that as well because everybody knows yeah. you're the brewer guy. We, I mean, we brought right, Yeah. I, I've hyped up my own guys plenty on here and I, I don't want to seem like it's just, you know, it's just me hyping them up for the sake of hyping them up. You You're know? letting me do just, it this week, which is great. Right, exactly, which is great. I, you know, like I, I like Royce Lewis. I like Austin Martin. Um, you know, they, they got some some decent pitching prospects there. You got you got Joe Ryan. You got Jordan Balzovic. You got Simeon Woods Richardson. Um, you know, you got some decent guys there, and um, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, like I, I like the Brewers guys and. I'm just I'm curious though how you ended up putting them at 17. I mean there were I mean there was a lot of variance with this list. I mean one of the guys uh, Tony had the Brewers 30th. He had the Brewers dead last in his rankings. Yeah, you know, there, and that's what's I, like, I found that appalling. First of yeah. all, I'm just like really yeah. 30th? Like they're better than that. Come on. It's like yeah, Tony, I, you cover I, the Phillies, man. Now the, the <laughs> you can't talk. The Twins are are one that I for me it was easy to pick out 
just because you have your top prospect who hasn't even played and is coming off a major injury, Austin mm-hmm. Martin, who hasn't impressed at all, and then a pop-up prospect in Miranda. It's like, okay, if I was drafting, I would I would take Ashby, Weimer, and Hedbert ahead of, yeah, ahead of all of those guys without yeah. thinking. And then you look at the, like, the and maybe this had something to do with me too because you talk about all these guys that probably aren't all that, Useful? It's definitely like, rubbed off on you. you I, I've definitely me, like, had that effect good, on you. How good Bryce Terang is and how good mm-hmm. Xavier Warren is. And so I'm like, well, they have a lot of depth then. So, and then I look at your team, I'm like, well, these are all guys I, I've heard a lot about probably from you. But then, you know, I look at the twins and they have some good depth thing to be honest, it's pretty comparable, but at the top, man, it's just all brewers for me. So I was, yeah. I think people also have like, what have you done for me? In the past, I just right. instead of like looking at these guys and what they did. And what it, yeah, what have there. you done for me lately? They, they were they were crap for a couple of yeah. years, you know. And so people aren't aren't ready to just crown them. But man, yeah, the twenty to twelve may have been uh too high. I don't know if I didn't put that there. Am I the high guy? No, someone else had the twins at six. Yeah, Greg twins, had the I, Greg had the twins at six. Yeah, I mean they're so, okay. So the twins are eighteenth in our aggregate, so that gives you an idea. So I'm at twenty five for the twins. I'm 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 the lowest for sure. Just I'm at twelve. I, I'm tied for like the second highest or something. Yeah, there, I think. there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's some twenty fours and stuff. It's nothing too crazy. Yeah. So, um. All right. Let's go over the. I, I I'm sorry. Um. I couldn't wait. I I had to talk to you about <laughs> that. But what what we should start with now, and when we look at the aggregate, is to talk about you know the top systems and uh, see what we think. I, I think there was a pretty strong consensus that the Seattle Mariners have the best farm system mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. They definitely had the most ones on our list. Um, you put them at one. I put them at one. We even agreed on our number two team, which is the Rays, mm-hmm. which I I was not ready to do when I started the list. And then when I finished it, lo and behold, the Rays are at two. Um, you agree with that as well. We also agree with the Baltimore Orioles in the top five at number four. So what do you think of those uh, that we're in agreement with? The Mariners, the Rays, and the Orioles. Was that pretty easy for you? Or are they? Uh, was it a little bit tougher to, to rank them? Yeah, I think that was a pretty easy top few systems for me. I mean, the, the Mariners, yeah. The, I mean, the, the top talent, uh, the, the depth of the top talent there and what they've accumulated, uh, you know, they're definitely deserving of being number one. Tampa Bay Rays can certainly never count them out. I mean, with the graduation of, of Wanda Franco, you know, I, I suppose the talent system, you know, takes a little bit of a hit because um, he's not there in it anymore. But um, it's still very talented group. A lot of prospects uh, still in there. And, you know, Baltimore, I was I was between them and, and Pittsburgh for, for three and four. I ended up putting Pittsburgh at three and Baltimore at four. But, I mean... I really do like Baltimore's top guys. I really love Adley Rutschman. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see what a uh, Grayson Rodriguez can do. And, you know, hopefully DL Hall can also uh, avoid the DL and uh, stay healthy and, and be a really good pitcher for them. And but God, that's just such an unlucky name for pitcher. But anyways, uh, you know, they got a couple of really good guys there. And then I believe they're also going to have the, um, you know, I, I like their Colton Cowser pick this year uh, as well. So, I mean, they're accumulating some pretty, pretty solid hitting there. Yeah, Orioles totally agree with you. For me, the Rays are an interesting look because we were talking about elite prospects. And, you know, for a top, you know, for the second overall system in baseball, the elite prospect really isn't there. I mean, Shane Boz for sure is elite. But you would expect a top two system to have like multiple elite prospects. But, you know, who's next? Josh Love, Adele Brujan, Curtis Mead, Coleman Erez. You know, those guys are pretty lower. Tampa Bay Rangers. has a reputation that's just preceding itself but the right reputation, now. The reputation comes out to play. And then you keep scrolling down this list and you're like, oh, my gosh, Cole Wilcox is at number 16. Um, Xavier Edwards is at number 19. It, or, you know. Yeah, these, these are pretty insane uh, players uh, that are really low on list that I would imagine. I, I mean, if the Padres still had Cole Wilcox, he's a top, probably the fifth. I probably put him at five, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that's where they really 
came through with me. And like these guys, we don't, the one thing the Rays do, of course, is like platoon everybody to death. But all of these guys do not have like, oh, there's a low floor guy. He's just going to get up there and, you know, be good. He'll be okay. But like they all have just enormous ceilings. So wherever you go, I mean, Greg Jones, Greg Jones has like this 30-30 potential down there at number, uh, you know, I'm like, he was pretty high in the rankings for Bailey. I think he had him at five or six, but still like, that's a guy you won't see ranked highly on other lists like that and just huge mm-hmm. potential. So um, let's talk about the Pirates next because you said you had them at three. Yep. I had the Pirates, which I was pretty comfortable with at number 10. They come in at number four overall. So clearly I'm a little bit lower on the Pirates than the average uh, writer was for Prospects 1500. And I was also surprised that you had them this high because – you know, there's two teams that you love to to bag on, and it's the Colorado <laughs> Rockies and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I thought this yep. was going to be your time to shine and put them in the 20s and and just go to town on that. But lo and behold, you have them at three. So what do you like so much about the Pirates that had them uh, ahead of the Orioles and the you know the Yankees, Tigers, all those other teams? I, I think the thing for me, I really liked their draft this past year. Um, you know, the, the acquisition of, of Davis and then, I mean, getting those really high upside high school guys, uh, Bubba Chandler, Anthony Salamato, Lonnie White. Um, you know, I really liked what they did in the draft uh, this past year. And I think that really boosted their system. They had a lot of really talented players. Uh, I like O'Neill Cruz. Um, you know, they, they got some pretty... Some pretty solid depth among that group. Plus, they got Hudson Head, your favorite prospect of all time. So, I mean, that also should boost them up, you'd think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I really like what they did in the draft. And I I think it probably um, played a lot into that ranking. Yeah, the draft part, I I, that makes more sense for me hearing you say that. It's a little bit of recency bias, you know? Yeah, that, that comes into play as well. Um, I just thought the upside guy. So when you take a look at the pirates, who's the guy that's just going to be like the MVP candidate for that team? Do you think O'Neill Cruz, maybe O'Neill Cruz? I mean, there's so much risk with him though. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of six foot seven infielders. Yeah. But uh, if he doesn't... puts it all together. Yeah, he's got a, that's true. I mean, I, that's, I guess sort of what I asked you <laughs> to be fair, but yeah. Uh, I, I just think like there's he's a much riskier elite prospect than some of the other elite prospects when you know right. we're talking elite elite. I, I have no oh, yeah. worries with Abrams and with Rodriguez and with Witt and Rutschman, but I have a lot of worries with O'Neill. So I don't I just I'm not yeah. happy if that's the you know number one guy. Yeah, but no, he, that's perfectly fair, yeah. And you like Henry Davis out of the draft is what you're saying, like enough to really boost them up from what they were at last year, right? Yeah, yeah, Davis. I, I think. I mean, the the college catcher, the the college bat, on um, that draft. I know a lot of people wanted them to take Meyer or Lawler or basically anyone but Davis um, in that draft. But I mean, really, I mean, they don't really have anything else for for catching talent in their system. Um, and I, I think he can be a, a big catcher of the future for them. And you know, put up some really strong, you know, really solid numbers. Um, and just kind of be a, an everyday bad and a really productive one in that lineup for Pittsburgh for for years to come. You know, when we had Greg Rosenthal on here, he had four players in the tier one. And mm-hmm. if you believe that, then I yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I actually don't see Greg. I, I wonder I wonder where he would have had him. Probably would. I mean, but four tier one players is pretty insane. I'm, um, and, you know, he had O'Neill Cruz, Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, and Quinn Priester. Um, so, uh, you know, if you believe that, for sure, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I, I, none of these guys just like, I don't see the the superstar here, you know. But yeah, but you're also very anti catcher. Yeah, that's and that's another part too. And and you know, he also has Andy Rodriguez at number seven, another catcher. <laughs> ish mm-hmm. prospect and then henry davis um and where's the where's the ace of this staff you know i don't see that i don't see Qu- quinn priester as an ace trusting the pirates to develop pitching or develop <laughs> yeah, anyone right. into an ace is is very risky business 
Mm-hmm. They so couldn't he, turn Garrett Cole into an ace, yeah. okay? And I still have him as a top 10 system. I don't think it's bad by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. I take him ahead of the Brewers, per se. I just talk yeah. them up a lot. But uh, number three to me seems crazy because, um, well, I'll tell you who I have the, at number three and a lot of other teams that I would take above the Pirates. And I want to see if I can maybe change your mind. But I want to leave that as a little cliffhanger. Take a break. And uh, we'll be right back after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back. Futures Focus here. Alex Sanchez, your host. David Gasper joining me per usual. It's nice to say that again. Hey, we didn't talk a second about the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. We didn't. Who's going who's gonna to win? Hopefully the Bengals, man. Th- those fans deserve it. Uh, they're going to get plenty of fun with Joe Burrow in the next decade. I, I don't think... They oh my god! Them. I mean, I, I actually I like I like Joe a lot. I think he's really cool. I'm not a Rams fan by any stretch of the imagination, but um, Are you a Chargers fan over there? No, I'm actually a, a Buccaneers fan. As random as that is. What? Yeah, it's really strange. How? It's, uh, well, <laughs> please tell me it didn't start when Tom Brady got over there. No, no. I've liked football before Tom Brady got to the, the Buccaneers. I don't know how yeah. you can get through life without like a somewhat fo- favorite football team. Um, uh, by the way, the, how do you feel about Tom Brady retiring? I'm sad. I mean, as a Buccaneers fan, it's uh, there goes the run. I mean, that was it. It was fun two years. Hey, you but got anyway, Super Bowl, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, just really quickly. Mm, do you you might not even be old enough for this, but when the I'm sure you know it, but the Buccaneers had those ugly um, orange and white uniforms and they were yeah. just a laughing stock. Right. Yeah. So I was about in middle school, maybe a little less, maybe like fifth grade, sixth grade when they switched uniforms to the ones that they had now. And when they when the Buccaneers switched their uniforms, like every other team sort of had bad uniforms in my eyes as a kid, you know, growing up, becoming a teenager. And then the Buccaneers had these gold and red and black uniforms, and it was just freaking cool, I thought. And we didn't have a team in L.A. when I was young. That's another thing. No Chargers, no Raiders, no Rams. They all come back later. Um, And uh, there was this guy named John Lynch going out, just crushing fools. And I was like, this team's awesome. And so then I started to like them. And that was it. Ah, very nice. Fun Fun story. I, I told that story too long for how good it was, so let's move on. All right. Um, I, I'm still outraged that uh, you're going to take the Pirates organization ahead of who I have at number three, which is the Boston Red Sox. I was very surprised to see how low the Red Sox ranked on our aggregate list. They are ranked at number nine. Again, you could check this out right now. Follow along with us as you uh, check out the not when you're driving. If you're driving, don't do that. Wait, wait till later. But um, at prospects1500.com is one of the more recent posts. You can see the aggregate rankings. But the Red Sox come in at number nine, which is exactly where you have them sell out. I have them at number three. And I think this comes down to a couple of things. I think it comes down very heavily to Nick York and how ready you are to make him an elite prospect. And I'm ready. I'm very much ready to make him like the Anthony Volpe version for the Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox, which, you know, then we add in the number one, you know, well, which could have easily and very well should have been the number one pick, Marcelo Meyer, my boy, Blaze Jordan, who I'm higher than 
everybody else in the world. Uh, and oh, yeah, you know, Tristan Cassis at the top, of course. And then this bum, Jaron Duran, who everybody had as a top 20 guy for a while. And um, this system looks nice. And then it's so deep again. I mean, the the amount of depth you have here is fantastic. So uh, what's not to like about the Red Sox? Why you have them all the way down at nine? I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm, you know, as I was putting this together, I mean, there were plenty of other people who had already kind of finished their list and I was kind of looking to see where everyone else had, uh, had guys and, you know, kind of seemingly everyone else had the Red Sox kind of a, a lower top 10 team. So I'm just like, eh, all right. that kind of seems like, you know, a decent spot. And, you know, I don't know if I'm, Fully sold on Nick York yet, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Jeter Downs, and, and certainly his, his stock has fallen. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like a lot of those guys. I mean, Meyer, uh, Cassis, Duran, uh, three really good pro- prospects there. Uh, they drafted Tyler McDonough this year, and I'm a, I'm a big McDonough fan. Um, they also have Alex Benellis now and David Hamilton, two of my mm-hmm. former Brewer prospects. Um you hate Brewers prospects, so that probably got him down, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, just kind of looking through. I mean, there are other – there are a lot of other teams, you know, systems there kind of in the bottom half of the top ten. And, you know, it, it's really kind of all fairly close for me, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. terms of filling some of those guys out. So, you know, the difference between being ninth or being fifth uh, for me really wasn't too big of a of a gap. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Red Sox didn't start there at three for me, and it was just tweaking and tweaking there at the end that just kept moving them up. I kept thinking of, you know, top guys. And so I would do it like that. I'm like, you know what? I I, I would take these top guys. Let's again, just to compare them with the Pirates, you know, O'Neill Cruz or uh, Nick York. You know, I, I think I would rather take Nick York. He seems a bit safer to me. And that's not even the number one guy for the Red Sox. You know, we have uh, Cassis at number one on our site. Um who is Scott? I mean, he's very, very, he's going to be a great fantasy guy, right? And Marcelo Meyer, you, you say what you will about him. Uh, I know that some people are kind of, it's kind of cool to be off of the Meyer train now in first year player drafts as we tease for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm certainly not. Um, Blaze Jordan is already a superstar at 15 years old, you know? <laughs> so he has nowhere to go but up. He's a superstar. It's already right. a superstar. And, I, I let's let's round out the 10 here as well so we can go over the aggregate and, and start to focus on that a little bit. We have some other differences that we need to highlight. Um, but uh, the, the top 10 here, again, the Mariners at one, the Rays at two, the Orioles at three, the Pirates at four, the Guardians at five, which I love to see. I, I think, you know, looking over this again, I might even bump the Guardians up even more. I, I did some research on Brian Rocchio, just I was doing a trade in a dynasty league, and I, that guy looks like Wander Franco to me, and so I'm like, okay, oh, maybe. that's that's a big compliment there. I mean, he's doing uh, he's doing Wander Franco like things at the you know very similar age. Uh, nobody's gonna be Wander, I don't think, but man, um, I was low on him when I made this ranking, and so I, I'm much higher on him now. But uh, the Detroit Tigers come in at six, Marlins at seven. The Royals at eight, Red Sox at nine, and the Yankees at ten. We don't have too many huge discrepancies. I mean, I have the Tigers at fourteen and the Royals at thirteen, and that was more of depth. We don't need to talk about that too much. I mean, at that point, the depth is just a personal preference. Um, but I am interested in uh, the Yankees at sixteen for you. Um, that's that's very we, that's one of our other biggest differences. Is I have the Yankees at seven, and you have the Yankees at 16. So Jason Dominguez not doing it for you, huh? No, I, I don't know. I I mean, Dominguez is himself pretty risky. I mean, yes, there's a lot of talent there, but uh, also a lot of risk, and, and he's really pretty far away. Um, and the numbers that he put up this year, you know, weren't, you know, super amazing, uh, if I recall. No, so, they, they were okay. They, I mean, it's not enough to, like, say he's a bust, but. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, also, I mean, you know, when he was signed, you know, everyone's going through with, like, you know, so much hype for this dude, um, you know, and, you know, I saw someone's like, oh, yeah, you know, he did, uh, he put up, like, you know, an average 
OPS, like what, like mid 700s OPS and like a ball or something as a as a 19 year old and 18. It's pretty good. Yeah, 18. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's yeah. definitely not worth saying he's not awesome. A potential to be awesome. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying he's completely busted, but I mean, like also like I don't know. Like it's just kind of. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just kind of a, a middle of the pack ish group. Um, you know, there's there's some talent there. Like you know, Volpe is is good and Dominguez can be good, but I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, Peraza's is solid, but like Clark Schmidt, um, you know, is he really doing it for you? You know, Luis Gill is is he, uh, you know, able to, to take that step and be a you know, perhaps a, a front end type starter, Luis Medina. You know, there, there's been a lot of hype about Medina for a while, and I don't know if you know if he's going to pull through. Davy Garcia, same kind of thing. You know, is, is he going to live up to all the hype that he had? And you know, it's it, it's really resting a lot on Volpe and Dominguez. I feel. You know, what's fun is that uh, Luis Gill is it's pronounced heel. Did you know that? I did not know that. Otherwise, I would have pronounced it that way. Well, yeah, I guess I, that's just my way of uh, that's just one that uh, you can impress your friends with. You know, it's actually Luis Heel. You must pronounce it right. And you can do that accent and everything. But with me, the Yankees and their depth is what did it. I think they have the best depth with without and the, the elite prospects. I will not argue besides Volpe. I will argue Volpe is a very elite prospect. And so that was just mm-hmm. like the cherry on top of this system. When I was going over the list by Paul and uh, Paul was on the podcast as well. Um, I don't think you were on for that one, uh, but it was just like, okay, these are all big leaguers. You go Peraza. He's going to be a big leaguer. Dominguez. We talked about um, heel Luis Gill. Um, they're international sign, but it was like Austin Wells, Clark Schmidt, Luis Medina, Trey Sweeney, Walda Chuck, Everson Pereira, who I absolutely love, Antonio Gomez, Oswaldo Cabrera, Alexander Vargas, Anthony Garcia. Like, I see all those as big leaguers. And Debbie Garcia, Randy Vasquez, uh, and then down into Brock, uh, Tier 4, there's you know, Jake Sanford. I mean, just a bunch of guys I think are going to make it. So, for me, it was the depth that won the Yankees. And then that gets them to, like, the 15 range, you know? I think that would be fair for a, a system that deep, all those guys I mentioned. And then you have Volpe to bring it up another couple of spots. So uh, it doesn't sound like you're as on board with Volpe, huh? Like, what do you, what no, do you no, it's not, it's got nothing to do with Volpe. I don't think, okay. I think it might okay. be more with uh, Dominguez and sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I like top, Volpe top 30 for Volpe prospect. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say easily. And then Dominguez, yeah. Dominguez is just like, do you, do you still think, that if everything goes right, he's like top five player in all of baseball. If he just hits the ceiling, you think he has that ceiling? He, I, I think he has that ceiling. I don't. I, I'm starting to be a little bit less confident that he's going to be able to reach it, though. Oh sure. I mean, it's a the risk has always been there with him, but as long as you still think he has that potential to to be a, the best player, I think that's nice to have. I mean, really, do, doesn't everyone have that potential within them? Not top five player in baseball potential. <laughs> You know, like, I don't think Austin Martin is going to be a top five baseball player ever. But if he wants it hard enough. <laughs> oh, that's all. He's got to want it. He doesn't want it at all. And he's like 50% wanting it. Yeah. Um, let's go to the bottom <laughs> half. That's always interesting as well. So we'll kind of, we'll end our podcast here today on the, the, the systems we hate the most. Of the worst. Yes. Um, there's some interesting ones here too. I think we, we agree a lot on the, the worst of the worst, which was nice to see. Nice to see. I mean, we have uh, I had the White Sox at 30, which is where we have them at the aggregate. You had them at 28. Uh, The Angels come in at 29 on our aggregate, followed by the Astros at 28, the Phillies at 27 and the Athletics at 26. All that sounds good. I mean, you're slightly higher on the Angels, but you love pitching. So I guess that's probably all we need to think about that. You probably see some guys in there that other people don't see. I I really like their draft this past year. Yeah. Yeah. So that that explains that, but still pretty pretty low. Twenty four is by no means a ringing endorsement. Right. Um, the one I did want to talk about was the Nationals, and I and I want to ask. I mean, I have them at twenty three. You have them at twenty five. Twenty five overall in the aggregate. 
are we sleeping on the the Nationals? I mean, you take a look at some of these guys now that they've added within the last you know calendar year: Brady House, Christian Vaquero, uh, potential like monster superstar type of players, perhaps with Cade Cavalli at the top. I mean, that's way better than anything down here. Are we sleeping on the Nationals, or you, it, just not enough? Yeah, I, maybe a little bit. I mean, we, I mean, we bumped them up because I mean, like last year, I think they were dead last. Yeah, easily. Um, dead so. Last. So, like, they're working their way up. But, I mean, like, uh, Vaquero, I mean, he was just signed as a 16-, 17-year-old. Um, and then, I mean, Brady House was first-round pick this last year. I mean, he really does help the system. I mean, House was a great pick. Uh, great great pickup for them. Uh, plus, also, the the trade, getting them uh, Kybert Ruiz and uh, Josiah Gray, uh, that helps them out a little bit. So, I mean, their, their system is getting better. It's on the way up, but... You know, it's still around that, you know, 25-ish range for me um, until we kind of get some more uh, proof from some of these guys, I guess. Yeah, and if there's one team that just really suffers from rookie eligibility and that line we've made up as humans that makes really no difference in the long run is that Kiebert and Josiah don't qualify. So if if you add them to the list, like, then, you know... Then it's much better, yeah. And those guys are essentially prospects. Like, we haven't seen anything from them, really. So. Yeah, I mean, they, they put them on we the roster after the trade just because they yeah. traded everyone else away. So it's like, hey, why not put them up here and, and play? Yeah. So we said trade away Trey Turner to the Dodgers for yeah, no reason. Because a lot of these teams that are this bad at the bottom, you know, the White Sox, the Astros, um, they're doing just Phillies, fine at the top. Yeah. Well, the Phillies aren't doing just fine at the top. No, no. I mean, they're sort of competing, but they always kind of fall short. Exactly. Love it. Love to see it. Sorry, Tony. Not sorry. Um, The Angels, again, would be another example. (laughs) Yeah. Just not in a great spot, the Angels. But the point is, they they finally realized their issue, at least. (laughs) The Angels finally realized, hey, we don't have any pitching. Let's draft some. The point is that you look at the Nationals team at the big league level and you get worried but it's it's not as dreary as the 25 overall ranking may suggest um after that brewers at 24 i'm um, sorry the brewers are at 23 the rockies at 24 um i was able to bump them up a little bit i know you have them at 27 i have them at 21 but again that's pretty fair we've already talked about the brewers after the brewers was the mets we're pretty close on that the cardinals we're actually pretty close on these teams here in the middle with the Padres. We're only two spots apart. Braves, five spots apart. So we're, we're definitely agreeing. And I think the middle of the, the pack here, it's all about those elite guys. So if you like an elite guy, you know, let's say the pot for me, the Padres, you know, with Abrams and Hassel, I mean, that's the envy of a lot, a lot of teams. And so I was, I was happy to, to give them a decent ranking. Um, whereas someone like the Braves have a lot of depth, but you know the elite rank for a prospect not not quite there yet. Two more teams I wanted to talk about that I want to get you know your you on the record about um, is that Cincinnati Reds and the San Francisco Giants. Actually, we'll do a third team here because we're actually very far apart on the Cubs as well. So shocker, two of those teams are from the NL Central. Ah, uh, yes. No biasy there. Um, no, not at all. Let's start with the non-NL Central team, and we'll finish that with uh, with those other two. The San Francisco Giants. I've been very, very high on the San Francisco Giants for even when we did this last year. I think I had them up you know, top five. Um, and a couple of guys sort of have fallen off in terms of uh, how high I was on with them. You know, Helio Ramos, Hunter Bishop, uh, Joey Bart have definitely fallen. And even Marco Luciano, you could argue, has fallen too. But guys have just risen up to the top here. Like Luis Matos is just a, a, an elite prospect now. People love, love Kyle Harrison. You love Kyle Harrison too, right? Sure. Sure? No, you're not You're not a Kyle, not a super lover, but you like him. Uh, I, no, I, had, I hadn't like, looked into Kyle Harrison much at the moment. I, um, I, was just, I, I think there's like a few podcasts we can mention that are, you know, without... I don't think we're competing with MLB Pipeline podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> Those guys are awesome. And um, I forgot who who mentioned that, but they took Kyle Harrison as like the number one lefty prospect for 2023 and beyond. So, Interesting. 
people love Kyle Harrison is the point I'm making here. Um, and uh, Will Bendar, you who you mentioned to me off air that you wanted the Brewers to draft. So I'm assuming you. Like oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, I love I love Will Bednar. Will Bednar. Yeah. Watching yeah. him in the in the College World Series, man. Dude was a stud. So this Giants is is pretty darn good, and I, you actually ranked them pretty highly as well at 13. So what do you think, Giants? Um, underrated, correctly rated, overrated? What is your your gut now that I kind of went over that? I don't know. I, I think they're kind of in a you know pretty solid spot. Maybe slightly underrated. Um, I mean, it, it really kind of depends on your feeling still on Bart and Ramos and, you know, some of those top guys that have maybe fallen a little bit uh, with their uh, prospect stock. But I mean, overall, I mean, they got a really solid group. I mean, they got some depth to it. They got some solid higher end prospects. Um, So, I mean, really it's, it's a solid system, you know, certainly I I think, you know, upper middle of the pack, but I mean, that's where I just kind of had them at, at 13. Let's go to the NL Central and talk about those Reds. And I'll let you start with the Reds on why you had them ranked up a little bit higher for you. Um, let me just double. You had them at 15, um, which is right where the aggregate has them, essentially 16. I had them at 24. So uh, talk to me about the Reds, what you like about them. I clearly see them as like a bottom unit and you see them more of a middle of the road uh, mm-hmm. organization and uh, clearly the rest of you know i had a, i'm looking at our this is the reds are very volatile i mean i'm seeing eights across the board for a handful of writers and then i'm also seeing mid-20s um you know i'm at 24 and the lowest i think but there's multiple ones that are like 23 as well so i, I mean this is pr- that's a pretty big um variety of interpretations yeah. on the system so uh tell me what you think about them top to bottom yeah i mean i i like some of their top guys there hunter green nick lodolo um i think those are two really strong uh prospects i like their selection of matt mclean and the draft this past year i think he's a really solid really good player i like jay allen as well mm-hmm. um which they took with the 30th overall pick so I don't know. I mean, they got some solid players, and I think those hitters will uh, play up uh, in Cincinnati. I, I can't quit Austin Hendrick quite yet. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I like I think he's going to be good, but, man, he really struggled this past year. Um, so, like, I, I want to see a little bit more out of him um, before I kind of before I kind of give up quite yet. But I don't know. I mean, I saw kind of, you know, where everyone else was going. It was kind of middle pack and, and all over the place. So I didn't really go anything like too risky with it or, or too over the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make any uh, big ripples in the water or anything here. That And that's fair because those, those, I mean, Hunter Green is, is super exciting for sure. And the Lodolo is super exciting. But then if those are your top prospects and, and you know, I actually did this before the hype of Ellie De La Cruz had really taken hold of me more than it was before. Um, he's like a rocket in Dynasty talks now. Um, I'm hearing his name all over the place. So like that's that's potentially a um, a huge superstar esque type of talent you could get down the line. Um, what about the Cubs? Okay, the Cubs. Kevin came on here. He must have done a great job because uh, I don't think before that podcast I would have had them all the way up at six, which is where I have the Cubs. They come in at 13th overall. You have them down at 19th overall. This is one of our biggest disagreements, um, especially with you uh, against the aggregate. You're pretty close for the most part, but this is one of your biggest difference differences. And uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's an NL Central team, I'm assuming. So uh, what what don't you like about those Cubs? Brendan Davis, Caleb Killian, Kevin Alcantara. Very good. Very good. No? Yeah, I mean, I'm just not super sold on a lot of those guys. I mean, Brendan Davis is is certainly a solid prospect. Um, but, I mean, really kind of, you know, looking at the rest of this group, it's, you know, maybe some solid, you know, 
decent guys, but I don't know how many of them are going to be, um, you know, everyday players in the middle in the middle of the lineup. I mean, you got James Trantos, who's who's a really exciting player they got in the draft this year. Uh, I like Jordan Wicks. Um, you know, that, that's going to be a, an interesting pitching prospect for them. But you know, other than that, I don't know. I'm just not super sold on a lot of those guys. A lot of them are are really uh, far away. Uh, you know, way down low in 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 low A uh, or rookie ball. I mean, that's where a lot of their system is, which is you know a, a long ways away and, and super super risky. So you know, I'm not quite as sold on on the rest of that group. Yeah, that's a great point. This is a maybe the riskiest system in terms of the long term outlook for these guys because when I'm looking at Kevin's list here. You know, Brendan Davis is by no means a, a sure thing elite guy. I think a lot of he, I think he's a very good chance that he's an all star, but he's a little riskier than your average guy just because, um, you know, basketball player turned baseball player. Also, you know, I, I don't know, but it's, I, mean, I still love him. Um, and then you have Christian Hernandez at, you know, 18, Kelvin Alcantara at 19. Oh, and K- uh, Cassie at 19, Triantos at 18. So a, re- a bunch of teenagers that you're putting at the top of a system. I get your point. Um, I could even go down further. Preciado at 18. Pedro um, Armstrong, 19. That's that's the thing, though. When we were doing this list and Kevin's on and he's talking about all these wonderful guys, getting me excited. Like, I didn't really know Kelvin Alcantara. That guy's a beast. Like, he's going to be amazing just go look at some videos of this guy he's just amazing he'll fall in love with him right away um so he's up here at the top and then uh, oh hey number nine peter crow armstrong what how how is that guy at number nine on a crappy system that's what i that's when i had that light go on I'm like this is a good system because i love pca and i know you enjoyed uh well when he got drafted you were all over him and it just oh yeah you know, so like to me, yeah, the injury certainly did not help. And I think that maybe pushed him down to nine. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm talking about PCA as my number nine prospect, that's freaking good, like really good. So that was the moment that 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 sort of stuck in my mind that I'm like, OK, this this has to this has to be a good system. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just not quite as a uh, they're risky, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's the argument for sure is uh, is how risky they yeah. are. Very young, very low down in the minors, very risky. Yeah. And you're sort of risk adverse as we've done these podcasts now for, uh, you know, almost a year. I don't even I think we've done over a year now, maybe even. Maybe. Um, but uh, you're, you're a little bit more risk adverse. You know, you want those guys a little bit more to the big leagues, closer proximity wise and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that when you look at that system, it it's full of risk. I mean, even. PCA, you could argue, coming off the injury. Um, I like Owen Cassie a lot and sent when I, he was with San Diego. And Preciado, same thing. Like These are guys I'm very familiar with as well, so that probably had something to do with it. I'm definitely the highest on the Cubs. I mean, Kevin had the Cubs at 11, and I'm having them at 6, so I'm probably yeah. the crazy one. Yeah, you, uh, you're certainly trying to ruffle some feathers here with your uh, org rankings. Well, I, I, was, uh, I did them as soon as... Mr. Scott Green put it out. I just was like, I'm just going to do this right away. I'm not going to look at anybody else. I don't want to get any influence. Uh, and that's scary to do because I I ended up with some stuff that I want to take back now. Like I have the Dodgers at 22. <laughs> like I'll fully admit it's probably crazy. But like Tony has the Dodgers at 19. Paul has the Dodgers at 19. So maybe I influence them <laughs> in a way. But like I probably would bump the Dodgers up quite a bit yeah i probably <laughs> but, would bump the twins down from 12 you know yeah yeah and, and it's so funny because i did this a few weeks ago and i'm kind of re-looking at it and guys just pop up and we're not they're not even playing right now like for me brian rocchio has just gone up in my view because i did a little bit of more research on him i talked to you know paul about the the yankees guys and i'm hearing all these things from guys that know better than me and it, it pushes my outlook on these teams and none of them are even playing for goodness sakes <laughs> right now and um day by day you could do this list i bet it would be different that's how you know and that's why it's fun to talk about that's why it's fun to talk about 
Yeah. We I think we covered almost every every system. Um close to it at least. Close to it. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned, you know, uh of course my two teams, the Padres and the Braves, we didn't really talk about, but um mentioned them though. We did mention them. Yeah. I don't think we talked Arizona much, but oh well. That was the one where I was like when I was preparing my argument for you and I said, well, look at the teams that I would take the Brewers ahead of. Is, is it crazy? That was the one that I really struggled with. The Diamondbacks or the Brewers. Like, mm-hmm. looking back on that, the Diamondbacks are really good. Yeah. Yeah, Lawler, Carroll, Thomas. I mean, that's that's a solid top three. Yes. With a bunch of pitching prospects that are essentially one level maybe yeah. a level and a half away, you know, from the big leagues and Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson, um, yeah, Bryce Jarvis. Brandon, yeah. Um, Brandon fad. That one. I don't know if you pronounce the P or not fat, probably not. Huh? <laughs> um, they have a pop-up guy too. And Devison de los Santos, who is sort of like LA de la Cruz, where just like people are talking about him now. Um, Jordan Lawler, who, by the way, we're going to have to do a tease for next week. Jordan Lawler went number one in our first year player draft. Ooh. On Fantrax. Sponsor. <laughs> Jordan Lawler, number one. I, I, You could twist my arm and I can understand it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of guys that want to hit number one overall in the draft. So it makes sense. Is it weird that I kind of just want him to hit left-handed and then I think I would like him better? <laughs> I don't know why. I see Meyer batting lefty, and I see Khalil Watson batting yeah. lefty, and they just look better. <laughs> it's does, stupid. No, don't does go by House that. bat lefty too? I no, he looks like head. he's no. Bobby Witt. He's ah. he's my Bobby Witt Jr. And then Triantos is my Jeff Bagwell comp. Did you see that? Solid. He looks like Jeff Bagwell swinging the bat. It's crazy. Okay, anyway, now he needs our, to go T though. Yeah. He needs and the remember Jeff Bagwell's batting glove that had the big pad on it because he broke his hand. Oh yeah. And then they would mic him, you know, they'd mic up the umpire or whatever, and he'd squeeze the bat and you'd hear that sound because he's just like literally choking the bat to. The, I love Bagwell. His stance was insane. Oh, yeah, everybody copied it as a kid, right? Yeah. You had well, to. I got, I've heard of being told to get low, but geez, dude. <laughs> um, I was on Twitter and somebody was like. It's a shame he did steroids. You've used Bagwell as a steroid guy? I think he admitted Uh, to, like, using it when it was legal, but never got busted, obviously. But I don't view him as a steroid guy. uh, I mean, he's not – when I think of steroid guys, he's not one of the first five or ten that pops into my head. He might be, though. (laughs) I love Bagwell. He didn't look like he was yoked, though, did he? I, I mean, I was young. Who do I? What do I know? They all looked yoked when you look back. Yeah. Um, Spitting tobacco had, had, you know, the the big wad in their cheek. They were so relaxed. What about that? We're getting really off topic now, but what about that 15-year-old figure skater that got popped for steroids from Russia? Did you hear about that? Uh, Russia apparently didn't learn their lesson from 2014. Like, really? Figure skating is where we're popping steroids? But 15 years old. I mean, obviously. It's Russia. That kid probably drinks vodka for breakfast. She was doing like five spins in the air and it's just insane stuff. But anyway, that's uh, that's when, you know, this podcast is probably ready to end. But I like that teaser we just did as well. Not the figure skater teaser, but the first year player draft teaser, because we have that coming up. We're going to kind of go over our rankings and uh, we will have a draft that we can go over and discuss uh, actual results that have happened. I'm actually starting another first-year player draft tomorrow. I have uh, one after the Super Bowl as well. It's that time of year, baby. It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, tune in for the next episode when we go over that. Uh, We'll probably bring in some guests, too, for that. Uh, As much as I love the one-on-one nature again, David, we'll we'll bring in some experts as well in the draft. Although I know you're you're a very good expert with this last year's draft. But we're going to bring some other good people on, too. All right, check out that aggregate list of the top organizational prospects on prospects1500.com. Uh, always some something new to check out on the site. Please check it out. Support our new sponsor, 
fa- uh, fan tracks, go in there and, and win that Wander Franco jersey. And if you don't like Wander, you can go ahead and send it my way. We'll definitely hang that up. When we get on, you know, we're headed to YouTube and doing live shows and all that. I, I see that in the very near future. I say sarcastically. Um, but <laughs> if we ever do, we'll put that Wander Franco on. That'll be in the background, right? No doubt. Oh, yeah. Easy. That'd be nice. He's like the poster child for Prospects 1500. Yeah, it it bodes what or, or it'll pair well with my uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, movie poster that I have in my background. Oh, man, I need to get out of this teaching gig and get into live podcast. Well, and get, and get into to working at a movie theater. Sure, that too. I'll just do both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, let's sign off. Uh, leave the people with their evening. Good to have you back on. Check out our first year player draft episode uh, for the next time we talk to you guys. This is Futures Focus podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I'm Alex Sanchez. David Gasper. See you later.